You ready? Yep. How about you? Yep. Start it up. Podcasting from beautiful East Tennessee and brought to you by BRV Studios, this is Have You Heard, our show that brings up random news and crazy events and a lot of other topics you've probably never heard of. For instance, have you heard about the story of the guy who keistered a bunch of hard-boiled eggs? What about how Richie Incognito is insane and thinks he works for the NSA? Or the Mexican drug cartel operating out of Elon Musk's battery factory? We've got women jumping from cruise ships and a whole lot more. Here is episode 55 from the Big Red Van. Here we are, everybody. Episode 55, HYH. Cinco y cinco. Uh, here we are back. I'm excited. It's fun to be in here and uh, talk with you. And I actually, even though we work together, I actually hadn't seen you for like four or five days. Yeah. So this is a, uh, a true podcast situation where two hosts just sit down together and just rap about things and not hang out in the normal times. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, man. So I'm going to, we want to start it off like normal, uh, give you three things to choose from. So we're going to go through for our lead in talk. Right? All right. All right. You always got to have, you better some, have something funny, some outside story. Uh, there's always, it's your choice though. This is where we're going here. A teen was struck by lightning is now just waiting for his superpowers to kick in. That just sounds like a sad story. A Kentucky man confronted a burglar to wonder why his soap was stolen. (laughs) I'm assuming that's about a crackhead stealing soap. Uh, It's in Kentucky, so crackhead probably. All right, all right. Good good assumption. Uh, And then Sasha Baron Cohen, his new show, Who is America? His latest was trying to get O.J. Simpson to confess to murdering Nicole Brown. Well, uh, I'm going to have to go with that one. Send me down that rabbit hole. You just you ha- when you say O.J. Simpson, it, you know. Well, Sasha Baron, you have you heard of his new show? This Who Is America? Haven't seen it. Heard okay. about it? So it's on Showtime. I have. I don't have Showtime. Yeah, same. But it uh, he same old thing. Same thing as Borat. Same thing as his Ollie G character, where he's just going in and trying to fool people that he's has a show <laughs> from overseas and he's trying to interview these people for his show. Okay. So he does that with O.J. Simpson and he introduces him as a uh, former football player and women's rights activist. Oh. <laughs> so he is playing the character of Italian playboy Gio Minaldo. Okay. And this, this is cohen's character oh my god and it's a spoof of off of lifestyles of the rich and famous is what he's claiming to be filming a show for and why he's wanting to interview oj simpson okay so he has a fake girlfriend with him cohen does and he goes into this uh, interview with oj simpson (laughs) and he's trying to introduce his girlfriend to oj simpson like who he is and he talks talking about his football career you know who he was in this hall of fame football player and the girlfriend's like no no it doesn't sound familiar oh no and then he makes you know he looks at her and he makes a stabbing motion towards his neck <laughs> and then the girlfriend's like oh oh that's who he is oh, oh my like in front of oj in front of oj oh my god and then oj's response is like oh my god she knows that like that's how she knows me jesus you know so then they go on to where he for the record who doesn't know oj for that i mean yeah a lot of people know him for the juice, you know. 
his NFL the older fame. people, yeah. I mean, we're 30s. But so I'd say the majority 30s. of the country know him for Stabby Stabby. Yeah, they know him for, you know, the glove. If yeah. it doesn't fit, it must have quit. So after a while, his pretend girlfriend leaves the room, and OJ remarks about how she's pretty, that type of thing. And uh, I think he's, Cohen says something like, uh, you can have her, just don't, you can enjoy her, just don't kill her. And he oh says that to God. her. And then he goes, says, yeah, she is gorgeous, but sometimes I want to kill her myself. <laughs> I want to send her on a private helicopter and throw her over the Grand Canyon like oops-a-daisy. Oh, you know? my God. <laughs> you, can, you can picture. <laughs> like he's trying to get him comfortable. Yes. You can picture. And Simpson's like in the back, like laughing to what he's saying, you know. And then they joke back and forth about uh, her bungee jumping and her cord being a little too long or something like that. And Simpson is like <laughs> laughing and joking with him. You know, he tries to give him a high five at one point. Simpson doesn't give him a high five, but he's kind of like going along with it yeah. a little bit. Uh, but then he says something about he if he needed a lawyer, he was wondering if Simpson could introduce him to Johnny Cochran. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, it would have to be in the afterlife. And so, of course, Cohen, probably planning this whole thing, says, well, what, you didn't kill him too, did you? <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch. You gotta this. see this. He went on to ask him things like, "How did you get away with killing your wife?" Those direct types of questions. To where OJ's response was, "I didn't kill anybody." You know, but he's like laughing, saying, "Yeah," but saying, "Stop it! I didn't kill anybody. Stop it! I didn't kill anybody." Oh my god! Talk about the balls. I guess if there's anybody in this world that's got some serious balls to say whatever in front of anybody, it's that guy. Because if you've seen any of his movies or show, he was didn't matter. He would do whatever. He will. He wants to shock you. Yeah. And it's crazy how many people he's able to convince that he is a legitimate person that will give him his time. Go back way back to Borat. You know, Borat, some of it was innocent politicians just saying stupid stuff. Mm -hmm. And some of it was like that whole crowd of people at that bull riding event, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like he on this show, he also duped some senator acting like he was like a disabled vet, like a disabled U.S. vet that was uh, wounded in action, I think. Oh, wow. And he was trying. So, again, some of the things that he does are shitty, but he is trying to pitch to this senator the idea but if you're really trying to tug on the patriotic heartstrings of a senator, then there's you a perfect way to do that. He's a master of disguise. Exactly. Okay, so he's trying to pitch the idea of undercover agents in kindergarten, like kindergarten classes, <laughs> like six-year-olds that are employed by the Secret Service that are trained undercover agents that have weapons disguised as stuffed animals. Surely you can't be serious. And oh, my God. They, that these are trained agents that are in these schools to help against the school shootings. In a world where kindergartners have teddy bear guns to save their classmates. Unbelievable. That's a movie trailer right there. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even believe that. That's not real. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I gotta see this show now. It's Showtime. Showtime. Damn it! It's worth it. I think. Why can't like, HBO and Showtime just go ahead and merge so that my HBO Go works for the Showtime shows as well? He's done some uh, raunchy stuff in his past, and I won't say everything that he's done is something that I'm like. I like it a lot. But oh my god! It's uh, if you look at it uh, through a lens of comedy. 
He's a comedic genius. Oh, man. yeah. It's it's great. That's funny as hell. Go watch his show. Maybe he'll listen to our podcast. <laughs> Speaking of that, we had some very off-the-wall plays over the past month or so. We always do. And when I say off-the-wall, I mean location. <laughs> Did you happen to check the location? Is there, is there a new Japan? No. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it. I haven't I, seen too many of our Japanese listeners. That's because I think we roasted them on the panty game. You might be right. We were roasting them on the used panty vending machines, <laughs> and we called them out for selling them in dark alleys by tacking them to the walls. <laughs> and now this is this is the repayment we get? No listens? I know, right? Either that or that class ended where they, you know... We talked about Oh, this. yeah, the research project. Yeah, research a really, really bad American podcast and listen to it for a month and give us a review on it. Exactly. Had to be all those listens from Japan. But no, seriously, dude, we had some plays from Russia, which, I mean, I guess that's Uh-oh. nothing new. No collusion. Saudi Arabia, Japan, Ghana. Uh-oh. We got, we got peeps in Ghana now. <laughs> so we are worldwide. We got peeps in Ghana. We are worldwide. So uh, you are a part of that group as a listener of the Big Red Van podcast. And thank you for every second of your time. Are you ready to get started on Hayden? Let's do it. Let's do it. Everybody, have you heard? I don't even know where to start with this one. I'm going to do my best. So, Okay. This 29-year-old man from the Netherlands. So they didn't release his name because you know how uh, those they have all those awesome privacy laws there that even if you get convicted of a crime, you can still keep your privacy? Sure. Well, this guy didn't necessarily convic- get convicted of a crime. But either way, privacy is, is a big thing. I was kind of hoping that the severity of his crime was why they kept his name out, but... That may be or also audacity. That's probably of the one of the reasons why he did not want anyone to know his Uh-oh. name. It's that kind of crime. Um, so, anyways, he's from the Netherlands. Him and his partner um, didn't say whether his partner was male or female, but doesn't matter. Um, his, him and his partner had taken GHB, you know, to party on though. Like, uh-huh. You know, we're there, they're just having a good time. Um, I guess you take a small amount. Okay, I don't know so how that like, works, but full disclosure, one hundred percent full disclosure. Never had this conversation with you ever in life. Yeah. <laughs> I have actually done the same thing um, when I was a dumb freshman in college, and it is a very, very, very small amount. I'm talking like milliliters. You take very <laughs> milliliters and you put it in a another drink. Um, and in retrospect, um, a friend of mine that had it, uh, some of our friends never really thought too much about him having it at the time. And we were just like, (laughs) whoa, because he was offering it to us, you know, but anyway, uh, yes, it will. You never want to trust somebody that says, Hey, I've got this. Have you ever heard the term, put your dick in the dirt? No. Well, GHB will put your dick in the dirt. (laughs) I tell you, I promise it was a uh, yes. To continue the story, I'm sorry. Like that's embarrassing for me. Like I was a dumb freshman in college, and it was like, hey, you don't even have to drink anything. All you have to do is drink this Mountain Dew. Chef from South Park uh, describes that perfectly, and it's uh, there's a time and a place for everything, children. It's called college. Yeah, that's what I'm going <laughs> to tell my kids. But anyway, so uh, this man and his partner. They uh, got down on their GHB, and I guess they're having a great time. One of them gets the idea to um, to start uh, boiling some eggs. Okay. okay yeah, if so. you don't take too much of it, it can just be a you know fun drug. Yeah, he, but he's like, you know, let, let's boil some eggs. So he um, boils up 15 eggs, does what you do with, with boiled eggs. You know, you put them in the water and cool them back down. You peel them. Peel them. That's you know. a key part of boiling eggs. And... Um, then him and his friend decided that they were going to go ahead and put those right up his his um his bunghole bunghole eggs yeah okay 
um, gets all 15 of them up there. Oh, no. How many did we say was the record of uh, Kinder Eggs, which are not much bigger? I think he had like nine. Yeah. So this guy had 15 normal eggs. Man, yolk and all. Yolk like, and all. Hard yolk. The whole, yeah, hard boiled. Mm. Um, which I'm kind of curious, like, you know, hard boiled is not perfectly hard. I was thinking about logistics here and how you actually get them in there, but I don't want to go into that much detail. Oh, was he a spreader? <laughs> you had to say that. Nah. Um, they're anyway, driving down the road. They're like, thank you, Wade. So uh, party's over. You know, next day comes around. And uh, he begins oh to feel... God, that is so gross. Like, we just glossed over how gross that... At what I didn't doing. want to dwell on it. How <laughs> incredibly gross is that? <laughs> I guess that's just how some people get down, man, you know? You gotta have a PVC pipe, and you're just oh. tossing them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll this one in. Oh. I'm gonna set this one at the end of it, and I'm gonna blow it in. <laughs> it's in the hole! Oh my god. We're going to have to edit that out. That's terrible. Um it's staying. So, he began to began to feel unwell. Um <laughs> as you do. Yeah. So he took himself to the hospital where uh the doctors discovered that uh, he had tachycardia and tachophonia. Yeah, too many eggs up your butt. Those are the symptoms of getting sepsis. What had happened was I don't know what any of those things mean. Sepsis? No. That's where like basically internal bile is leaking into your body. Oh, okay. Basically like if your colon or intestines like rupture or something and like that stuff That's the term for it. You can get sepsis. Okay. Um and those are the those two things are what happen which is basically like your um your heartbeat uh, exceeds 120 beats per minute and your breaths per minute exceed 29 rapid so you're going like <sighs> You know, sure. like you're breathing like that, and you're also 120 beats per minute. Like that's usually the big symptoms you're going into sepsis. But anyways, so they uh, do a CT scan on the man and discover that he has, of course, ruptured, ruptured his colon by the <laughs> the massive eggs that he has in his colon. Um, Just rip. He put so many in put there so many in there that open. they ripped the internal linings of his colon. Oh my god! So they uh, no, give me one more. <laughs> I could take one more. <laughs> I know. Have you ever... You already took a dozen, man. <laughs> Have you seen that show? Three more! <laughs> the It's like one of those like oh, like true TV, like stupid shows of like hospital nightmares or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like Sex Sent Me to the ER. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Sex Sent Me to the ER. That like, is the funniest show ever. Oh, my God. I don't have cable anymore, but I I remember watching that show all the time. Yeah, like, I was walking through the kitchen naked, and I just, like, kind of tripped and fell, and, you know. Light bulb went right up my ass. The light bulb went <laughs> right up there. Didn't break. <laughs> don't ask me why my ass was already lubed up, okay? Um, but it's of none of your damn business. They were able to sew him up, patch him up. He was in the hospital for a little while. Um, but full recovery, he's going to be all right. Unbelievable. But hopefully his... Uh, GHB and hard-boiled eggs up the butt days are over. See, and you didn't. You said coming into this, you didn't know how to start, how to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you. I think you did quite well. All right, all right, fair enough. But uh, but yeah, man. So don't do GHB, kids. Don't, please, God, don't do that. Everybody, have you heard? So the latest in the Richie Incognito story does not disappoint, and not even just a little bit. I may or may not have mentioned on these very airwaves what a crazy asshole this guy is. Mm-hmm. Have I? Oh yeah, of course. I said it. I've said it on here. 
on the show? Oh, yeah. Okay. We've, I'm sure we've talked about Richie Incognito. So I told the story of what happened to me in college and how he went to Nebraska the same year that I went my freshman year. Tell me again. Okay, so he uh, shows up at this party, as football players do, or at least did, mm-hmm. um, in the world of you know going to the University of Nebraska when Nebraska was number one in the country. This is the year 2000, actually. Okay. okay. Nebraska was legitimately number one in the country preseason, almost all season. Had a Heisman winning quarterback. So anyone that played football at the University of Nebraska was a badass, period. Okay? Not just at Nebraska, just period. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, when they showed up to parties, it was just kind of like one of those things. Incognito comes in as a freshman to this party that we're at, walks up to one of my friends, asks zero questions, and just knocks his ass out and knocks him through a porch. Um, So it was like one of these porches that had the pole it's kind of small i would say they're probably like 18 inches to two feet long poles and they're separated by probably four inches oh, or so. oh my god what's the word for posts this? the for the yeah no, the railing railing whatever you want to call it and the, and he put he i don't know but he punched my buddy in the head and knocked him out cold and knocked him right through the porch and he went rolling oh. onto the lawn <laughs> asked zero questions just walked right up on the porch and did it and so we get the hell out of there thinking he's going to do the same to us. And then uh, Richie Incognito goes on to have a very successful football career at the University of Nebraska, gets drafted um, into the NFL, and goes to play a football career in the NFL. Um, He made national headlines when he was the ringleader of what was referred to as Bullygate back in like 2013, 2014, something like that. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Mm -hmm. him bullying that guy, his teammate Richard Martin? Yeah. yeah, He was on the Miami Dolphins. Um, I don't feel like going into it very much so if you want to know what he did to this guy he was a real douchebag of a teammate to him but if you want to know the specifics of what he did to his teammate then you can look those up so he bounced from team to team because of his volatile personality (laughs) volatile volatile Uh, but he always got a job okay because he could block people from getting to the quarterback and it always blew my mind i knew who he was when i performance gets paid it was I could never get that memory out of my mind, you know, of me going to school with him in Nebraska, knowing what a piece of shit of human being he was. (laughs) That wasn't my only interaction with him at that party, but that was the worst interaction that Mm -hmm. I ever had with him. I had a class with him my freshman year. He just was a piece of shit. So anyway, he could always get a job, and it kind of made me mad. But then comes the story of his issues um, at a workout facility where he was reportedly throwing weights and tennis balls at employees, telling them to get off his playground (laughs) while he's in there working out. He then tried to run someone over with a weight sled and ultimately claimed that the government was spying on him. Did you hear about this? No. So this was back in May of this year. So when confronted by police in that incident, he claimed that he was a contracted employee of the NSA and he was carrying classified level three documents on his phone. He could not have anyone within a certain radius of him have Bluetooth capability. So he started freaking out when someone next to him working out had earphones in. What? Yeah. The dude is legit insane. So (laughs) when asked by police why he had those documents, Incognito replied to the officer that, I'm sorry, sir, you don't have high enough clearance for me to discuss that with you. (laughs) Is is, Is he having like... The brain trouble. Hang on. Okay. So you guessed it. He was arrested that day. Okay. You know, for all of those issues at the gym. So let's talk about the most current douchebaggery committed by Mr. I Can't See You, where he was attending the funeral of his recently deceased father. 
he went there with what other family members thought was for him to sign cremation papers. But instead, he demands access to his father's body alone. When pressed for a reason, he got hostile and threatened to go to his car and get his guns if they didn't let him cut off his father's head for medical research. What? After a while of him punching other caskets and throwing things, you know, just Richie being Richie is probably what the family was saying. The police arrived to find that he wasn't lying about the guns in the truck. He, of course, was denied the right to cut off his father's head and was arrested once again for being an immediate threat to himself and or others. Oh, my God. So I want to end all this by saying that Incognito himself knows he has some mental issues and how serious they are. But he has claimed in the past how football may or may not have caused him because maybe it was genetic. And that was why he wanted to have his dad's brain studied. And he insisted all of a sudden, after agreeing to cremation before, that he didn't want his father's brain to be just burned up. He wanted it to be studied for science. Uh, no one else in the I family guess that's a fairly rational wanted reason. that. So for the past three years, there's been a borderline assault on football as a game because of both short and long-term safety concerns and the development of brain trauma down the road is the main talking point. Oh, yeah. So he was really trying to figure if it was something that caused by football. Who knows with Richie Incognito, honestly? Who knows? Whether getting hit in the head so many times made him what he is today or not. But I know what I saw from him when he was an 18-year-old man, okay? Mm -hmm. Personally, me, I saw him as an 18-year-old before all of the contact in the NFL, mm -hmm. before his three years at college and playing major college football, before any of it. This was in the fall of this that is, year. He played high school football Going this into this and dominated kids much smaller than him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is definitely a need to study people's brains, and I don't know what would have come of that, but I do hope that he gets the help that he needs because I knew when he was 18 that he needed help. And... Wow. He's gone on his entire 18 years. He's 36. He's my age. He's now gone on 18 more years of living through that and just all of this. And now it's in the public light. So I hope for him the best. But I can tell you that if he's let on the loose for a lot longer, something bad's going to happen with this dude. Wow. I, dude, I can't even believe that. Man. Sometimes, just sometimes... The writing has been on the wall with people all along, and we just refuse to acknowledge it. Sometimes not. Until they paint a mural across the mountain. <laughs> so, anyway. Like try and cut your dad's head off at his funeral. But, anyway, it's time for a break. It's time for break number one, I think. I'm going potty. You want to hold my dick? Hey, everyone. We're going to be right back. But in the meantime, hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Big Red Van Pod or email us at the Big Red Van Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a five star review on Apple iTunes Podcasts if you're a member of Team iPhone. We'll take them. Five star reviews we read live on the air give you shout outs. Thank you so much for listening. And back to the show. Okay, but seriously, I can't get this out of my head. Like, Hard-boiled eggs. Okay, thank you for going back to in this. In your colon. Yeah. Farts. I mean, like, uh. all I can think about is, like, that has to be the most diabolical thing you could do to the air around you, is have hard-boiled eggs up your butt, which you know you're going to have to fart, because they have to. there has to be something going down. They got to come out. 
they got to come out. They just dissolve in there. Is that how you get your protein? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, is it like an enema? I don't think at the point when you're at the colon is it is the body at the point where it's absorbing nutrients anymore. It's got to go through like the large and small intestines. Well, the, and, really and through good. an enema, you can absorb. Anyway, I, that's disgusting. But maybe medicine. Let's because um, it's entering your bloodstream. Or I think that we glossed over the fact that um, he went to fifteen. Okay, <laughs> so we have referenced many times uh, through any keister story that you bring up. Yeah, when these people do this. Um, they they got to know what the limit is or a record they're pushing for. This is not the first time <laughs> that this guy has put eggs up his ass. It can't be. You don't. You don't go to fifteen on you, the first. You try. don't go from zero to fifteen. <laughs> like, all right, cool, okay, hard boil. You know, a dozen, and I'll do one or two. No, 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 no. This this guy is an egg, an egg, an anal. He's analing eggs, and he's a pro at analing some eggs. What else does he anal? Everybody, have you heard? All right, all right, all right, let's get away from the buttholes. A police union in New York City is offering a $500 bonus to any civilian that assists in a unruly suspect that the, an, any an officer may need assistance with. Okay. So basically a police union, you know, a nonprofit, if you are someone that helps a police take down or a police officer take down somebody that is resisting arrest like say you know come sit on them while the co- officer handcuffs them you know like one of those kinds we'll of shoot you a check for $500 shoot you a check for $500 thank you okay. for being a good good samaritan citizen gotcha it's not a bad kickback the uh the police union's called the sergeant's benevolent association and basically the reason they're doing this is because this is a quote from them. When you see an officer struggling, rather than take your cell phone out, assist the officer, and you'll receive an award of $500. That's what their president said. Cause far That's t- a very good point, because a lot of people's initial thing to do is record this, and I'm yeah. going to go viral. Yeah. Far too often, this is another quote, far too often we see police officers engaged in violent struggles with perpetrators while members of the public stand by and take videos of the incident, and this has got to stop. And hopefully this program will incentivize Good Samaritans to do the right thing. But let's also talk about the fact that these are trained officers and untrained civilians that they're asking to come get into a scuffle with them. Oh, yeah. I Um, mean, like, what if the guy pulls out a knife and stabs the civilian? Are they going to pay for everything when the civilian dies? That's the state senator, Martin Golden. He's a Republican from Brooklyn. Um, But he is the one that's, um, that's putting together the bill of how to turn this into a law. If they a can possibly, law? yeah, or, um, or I'm sorry, a good, a new, I'm sorry, a good Samaritan law that would coincide with this basically to where, um, it shields civilians from liability if they help the cops and somebody gets hurt. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that includes the victim. We're talking about the, the oh, person yeah, yeah. that's doing the helping. Um, oh yeah. I know. I know. But I'm saying, but they were already, uh, there's already a Senate, a state Senator in New York working on liability is passed to somebody else in that situation sure which makes sense if they're going to put you on their payroll then they're also going to have your back Um, they're also hoping for people to pitch in of course uh to this fund to pay for this 500 dollars. they don't they don't quite think that they'll have the money to cover all of them and of course it has to go upon a board of people to deem whether it was worthy or not like somebody that scoots in when a cop has already got somebody like face down and you come and drop a knee on them for four seconds and w- w- while they were already about to handcuff them doesn't count. 
Well, sure. What if you come in and you screw it up for the cop? Exactly. The the cop's about to handcuff him, and you come in there and try to help, and you knock the cop away. It basically has to be a legit warranted situation where that cop probably does need some help. This is in New York, you said? Yeah, New York. Wow, this is crazy, man. This is giving some people, like, some balls to, like, get involved with stuff with the police. Yeah. It's a hell of a way to go at deterring them from recording them on their cell phone, though. Oh, yeah. So, but... You know, of course, there's people on both sides. A police spokesperson said that uh, the NYPD, and this is them basically saying we don't really like this, like the official NYPD stance. Yeah. Is the NYPD encourages people to support their cops by simply calling 911. The department doesn't want to see people put in harm's way unnecessarily just to collect a reward, is what the official NYPD statement uh, on it is. Um, Of course, there's plenty of cops that also supported the plan because they're like, hell yeah, come jump on some son of a bitch that I'm trying to arrest that's unruly. Well, I mean, perfectly um, implemented, this plan is is a good idea, you know? But if if it's taken out of context by anybody, then that's where it's like, uh, I don't know if this is such a good idea. But then, of course, the other big thing was uh, people against it are saying, you know, you realize implementing a good Samaritan law in this fashion... All that's going to happen is the Good Samaritan's going to turn around and sue the city every time they get hurt. And it's going to happen a lot more often. And they're going to win. Of course they are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the city is telling them to help us. Yeah. And we'll give you well, money a, if you help uh, us. They're trying to make legislation, you know, for um, what I was just talking about a second ago. But this is just a police union that's paying a reward if someone can prove that they did it you know, help the police officer. So but it's also it's, keeping them immune from charges in yeah. that incident. Mm-hmm. So it's not just paying them a reward. Like the, what if the cop in that incident, the police officer in that incident happens to disagree with the good Samaritan, the way that they did their thing. Yeah. Is the union still going to give them their, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Stipend. No, 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 <laughs> no, not the money. The, what's the word? That reward? You, no, that you can't be prosecuted. Um, God, why, why can't I? immunity, immunity, uh, yeah. give you immunity. Mm-hmm. Are they still going to give that? Even if the police officer happens to disagree with how you helped them? Like, Who knows? Like I said, they're just writing this bill currently. So, you know, that's what do you far, think? Far from it being something that's passed, but what do you think of it? Uh, I mean, I don't think that it, people should have a reward for that. I think that more people, if I think in it a warrant, be... I think in a warranted situation, any good patriotic American would jump in if they feel like they could to help a police officer if he was, like, about to get overtaken by this person. I'd come in and give a chest kick, you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> you know, like, I'd, I'd come in and help out if I needed to, but I'm not going to do it just because I think I'm going to get $500. And that's you know what, what I mean? that's, I guess that's my point, is especially in a situation where the police officer might not have the upper hand and say someone is, like, on top of them, and they pull Pun- a, and punching they, the police officer mm-hmm. is five hundred dollars going to motivate you to go stop that person? It's either what's you're either going to do it you, or you're not going to do it, or it's not inside of you yeah. to go help that person. Five hundred dollars ain't going to do it. So I don't know. I think I like a couple things about this. I like the idea of trying to get people's focus away from recording the police when in action when right. they see the police in action, as opposed to trying to support the police in action. I feel like a lot of times that recording of the police in action is trying to catch them doing something wrong so that I can mm-hmm. post it online so I can get this video famous. Yeah. 
instead of trying to support what the police are doing that is right and all of the things that they do to help us. So I think that that video thing is, is good. Get them to stop videoing the police for the wrong reason, I guess, is, is a good point exactly. of, of motivation of why they're trying to do it. But To be, to be fair, though, and I'm, but I'm sure they exist, I haven't seen any viral videos of, like, a cop getting his ass kicked and people are just standing around filming. No, I've right. seen the opposite, actually. Yeah, it's know, the, the opposite, past. typically. Yeah. But I haven't seen one of those. I mean, not that they don't and exist. I, I mean, mean the opposite exist. of if the cop was getting overtaken, people jumping in to help him out. Right, right. Yeah. That's generally how it would go. But So you would think that, like, why would you need this rule? But I don't know. I don't know. Some people, Obviously, some people think money is the number one motivator. I guess so. We talked about it on a prior episode about the chore chart. Kids are motivated <laughs> by money. Just so. just a swift... A swift chest kick that that's all you need five hundred dollars <laughs> everybody have you heard we talk so much about tesla and elon musk on this podcast that you would think that we have some kind of like vested interest in the company or sponsorship coming from them i just which, wa- i just want one of the cars i wish i'm waiting i'm waiting with all we talk about for the price of the car to come way down so in like a couple more years when all of our cars are paid off i can just get one that's what I, I want. I want to happen. I think by that time you won't have much to worry about. I hope with, so. With price coming down, right? I, I think that's that will hopefully be ironed out. But the last month or so that he and the company have had, you kind of get the feeling that some powerful people out there that really want to rub his name in the mud and make him look foolish. I say that because there has been so many different negative stories about Elon Musk coming out. There's over been a the lot of haters lately. Two months, and they're coming out of a lot of. Uh, Amazon-based publications. Ooh. And you know how Bezos... I mentioned how they have their own space race. They've got their own space company and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting how they also own the Washington Post. And they're doing all this investigative work into what Tesla is or isn't doing. But it, Have either, you followed a correlation that all the negative stories about Elon Musk are on the Washington no, Post, Wade? No, but the Washington Post isn't just the Washington Post. They own a lot of other smaller magazine publications and a lot of other things, too. So I guess I'm not trying to start some theory, but I am saying news. that um, Amazon is a direct competitor with, with SpaceX, mm-hmm. and Bezos is well-known to not like Elon Musk. So anyway... Uh, I think it's kind of crazy how all these stories have come out lately about about him negatively. A few days ago, at uh, like around one o'clock or one thirty in the morning, he tweeted out something to the effect that he might want to take his company private instead of being publicly traded. Uh, his main reason was to back his main reason to back such a statement was to avoid pressure of things like the quarterly earnings calls and those reports where you have to come out publicly and report your losses or your gains or whatever right which is what has been like the most stressful thing for him over the past 18 months like all right listen we lost 150 million dollars more like 740 million (laughs) dollars is what they lost last quarter 740 million dollars in the negative and the stock goes up you know like so it's just very stressful but his tweet was not taken lightly on wall street so the hours after the tweet they were filled with trades left and right involving Tesla stock, and the company's price jumped 11% the day after he wrote the tweet. So he claims he held meetings with many investors to see if there was enough financial backing in order to go private. Because if you know go private, you don't have all that public funding, and you just have to have your investors' money, mm-hmm. and however deep their pockets are, to, to, to navigate through all your debt and all your loss. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
So he owns a majority share of his stock, right? Correct. Is there not some sort of insider trading law about him saying, I'm thinking about privatizing the company? That's what he's being investigated for. Exactly what oh, he's being man. investigated so, for as right, an good. insider trading I, I just, law. I just didn't want to gloss over that and be like, is that not something that stands out to you that you can't just say? Got a whole paragraph think, on it. Hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's do this. That's exactly <laughs> what he is being uh, investigated for. Because after he gave it a day or so to Fester, he announced that he was going to stay public. So the the SEC... So he gets a little boom out of the stock real quick. The Securities and Exchange Commission is launching an investigation into him, noting that the tweet might have been a calculated move instead of just him mm-hmm. being stressed out late at night and done with the intention of manipulating the stock price of Tesla. So Elon is known to sleep on the couch in his office, which we know he can't get but like two hours a night. His projects are so extremely large that he must take all his energy to consistently lead consistently lead these companies. Has to take all of it. And his mental state has been under fire lately with how he has reacted to all the production problems on the Tesla cars. And then now this. You know, the SEC coming after him for the tweet. But what do you think? Before going any more. Uh, I think you can't say that kind of stuff on a platform like that with that many people listening and not think that it won't affect your stock price and not if you're a person as smart as Elon Musk is, he had to know. He did know. He had to that's, know. That's that's kind of blatant, man. And you so know, that's, that's like a Trump move right there. Currently under investigation. Not <laughs> only that, but they might have reason to launch more investigations after multiple former Tesla employees have come out with damning whistleblower type of ac- accusations against Musk and specifically what happens at his battery factories. A former internal security officer at the Tesla Gigafactory in Nevada has formally filed a complaint with the SEC stating that the company failed to disclose to shareholders and the public that authorities had uncovered a significant drug trafficking operation of cocaine and methamphetamine, which linked at least one employee at the factory with the Sinaloa drug cartel based out of Mexico. Hell yeah. So they're like using like tesla battery boxes to put cocaine in or something no specifics on it because no one will confirm nor deny that such an an investigation has ever happened so again lots of money around here so who's elon paying to stay quiet about something for bad publicity and who is you know paying to make sure elon's name gets rubbed in the mud and all these people start coming out about this bad stuff about him so yeah. a guy named Carl Hansen. You know the thing is though, like, I guess that just can happen. Okay, think about this: the location, and then the fact that it's a gigantic factory with multiple trucks coming and going, coming and going, like hundreds of trucks a day. I'm sure coming and going out of that facility, bringing in stuff, taking stuff out. To think that one or a few employees that could be shitty shady employees that might take advantage of the fact that there's all this movement that they could maybe sneak some things onto those trucks to move them around to different places and run stuff through there i mean i like where your head's at that could have happened to anybody that owned a factory of that magnitude go look and let let some security stuff slip through just go look up a bunch of factories and any stories that have to do with drug trafficking operations going through factories that is not a unique to tesla type of problem yes i I wouldn't just like point the finger straight to uh, elon and be like you did this like no it was probably a shitty 
subcontractor manager guy that runs that part of the branch of the shipping and in ins and out stuff and he's getting paid you know to let of things of course slip it's by. just a bad look yeah you know connection with a drug cartel from yeah. mexico <laughs> you know but- a guy named Carl Hansen claims that he that this had been going on for quite some time, and when brought to the attention of senior management at the factory, Hansen was told to leave it alone and tell no one. And after bringing that up, he then claims that Musk himself directed the installation of hardware that would intercept all communication and data from phones on the premises, meaning that they were effectively being wiretapped. And this guy's claim is that this was a direction of Elon Musk himself. Well, that's probably... No more drug dealers texting in and out of this place. So, again, that, now that was denied. So, basically, Elon's saying, Elon's response was, so this guy's saying in the same sentence that our security is so terrible that we have, that we're part of a drug cartel in Mexico, but at the same time, we're so advanced in spy techniques that we can wiretap everybody's phone. He said that just doesn't make any sense at all what this guy's claiming. That was that was Elon's. He's just dismissing all of it, right? So upon um, question, like I said, many agencies have been contacted, and none of them would confirm nor deny the existence of such an investigation involving drug trafficking and Tesla's factory. I mentioned how there were a couple whistleblow- whistleblowers who recently left Tesla. Well, the other one was disclosing ways of how they were making their parts out of waste materials or just flat out making shitty products on purpose, included like making in their cars, making them out of shitty materials on (laughs) purpose, both of which have said they were told to keep quiet about their findings and let internal investigations happen. So then they just decided to, they ended up both getting fired actually. (laughs) And now they're both coming out with uh, complaints to the SEC. So he's got all this stuff going on. I, uh, speaking, you're talking about drug cartel stuff. I saw this like just happened the other day. They busted a tunnel that was, uh, God, I can't remember how many feet long it was, but it went from a, uh, a guy that used to own a KFC. Uh, he got pulled over and he had a bunch of drugs in his car, like a lot of drugs. And so they got a warrant to search his house and his business as well because he had so many drugs. And uh, so they go search this KFC that he owned. The KFC was shut down now, and it was like a closed-down building, but he still owned it. Um, They went in the basement and found, like, underneath, uh, like, a plate on the floor, there was a tunnel, and it went all the way to Mexico to this person in Mexico's house in their basement, in in a bedroom in the basement, and it was like a bed that would lift up off the floor, and that was the access to the hole. And... uh, they busted their like drug trafficking tunnel. This was just like the other day. Oh my god! And where was this? I think it was Arizona on the border. Oh my god! Yeah. So <laughs> at least a couple mile tunnel, right? No, no, I can't remember how long. No, it was it was short. It was it was only like a few hundred feet or something like that. A few hundred feet. Yeah, I guess these two things were just that close together, but also on the border. What? I know, right? How? What? <laughs> you know, drugs weren't the only things coming through that hole. It wasn't that big. It was like they said that the technique of getting because it wasn't like a thick hole. Like you know, it was uh, where they had like a pulley system where they could drag bags back and forth through the hole. I guess a person could 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 crawl through. I'm sure, but it was a pretty small hole where they but they had like ropes that went end to end. Wow, where they could pull bags of whatever drugs Those cartels, or man. 
That's crazy. Could you imagine like digging a tunnel? I just couldn't even imagine digging a tunnel. Like back in the 1800s and stuff where they were just digging tunnels into mountainsides, mining shit and stuff like by hand. Because you know that's how they're doing that. Digging stuff. a tunnel is just not my line of work. Not not where I'd find myself. It's crazy. I mean, I guess it depends. For for freedom, <laughs> I'm digging a tunnel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. For But drugs up my butt? <laughs> not digging a tunnel. Uh, break number two? Sure. Hey, how's it going, Big Red Van listeners? Uh, my name is Reese Kitts. I'm Garrett Faust. And uh, we're, we're part of a little podcast called Decent at Best. And what Decent at Best is, is we're a podcast where we ask you guys to send us in questions at our at our email called uh, decentatbestshow at gmail.com. And whatever question you want to ask, you send it in to us, and we'll answer it live on air. And we will answer them with answers that aren't great. We don't promise they'll be good. They probably won't be bad. They'll probably be around Decent at Best. Decent at Best pretty much sums up our show. We don't Google anything. Everything is all off the top. Off the, off the top of our head. So everything we answer is going to be completely first first impression, word association. So tune in to, the, to our episodes, and we appreciate it. See you guys there. Thank you. Everybody, have you heard? All right, so this story was gonna be an hyh like a couple episodes ago but it didn't have enough information yet and so now there's been a bunch of follow-up articles on it and so now i've got all the information so now i'm now i'm ready all right so um don't you love how that happens so the basically the story goes down as this lady um quote unquote fell off of a cruise ship um she was out in the um, mediterranean sea off of the croatian coast so um, I guess that's like mid-eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea. Um, I'll take your word for it. But it was the the name of the ship was the Norwegian Star, which is a uh, Mediterranean cruise liner ship. And like I said, they were about 60 miles off of the Croatian coast, and this was uh, um, a couple Saturdays ago as of the day we're recording. But uh, she was a 46-year-old lady. Uh, she's from Spain. She lives in Costa del Sol. Um, and basically, she was on the cruise with... With her husband, now ex-husband, um, effective, I guess, immediately. Oh, yeah. Estranged. <laughs> um, but basically, they were on the cruise ship, and according to like the crew and everybody there, they, they did nothing but fight. They were just screaming and yelling at each other at every moment that anyone observed them communicating with each other. The ideal people to see on a cruise. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just the best. Like, like man, I hope I get partnered with them at dinner. I know. Oh, my dude. <laughs> like, if that were the case... You'd have to say something. Yeah. Like, because they, they assign you with people, you know, like you're going on that Disney cruise. Like, we just, I didn't even know that's how it was, you know, and then we go to our dinner and it's like, oh, bam, hi, family. Yeah, can you, you guys imagine? are also sitting at this table with you're us. you getting these people? But if, yeah, if you had these people for dinner, oh, God, I could only imagine. Luckily, the people we had were just wonderful and like sweet little kids and we got to know them and had a great time with them. So hopefully you get lucky sitting with, oh, actually, you'll be with, uh, I'll be hu- with you'll family. be with a huge group, so you guys will all be sitting together. Perfect. You're not going to be sharing a table with anybody. Uh, perf- perfect. I prefer. I guess, but if you're in a small group, they got to pair you up with another small group. I can't deal with the mouth breathers. Um, but anyways, so a uh, closed circuit television shows her climbing up the railing and then just kind of falling off the back of the boat, like uh, um, Titanic style, just like yeah, just up there and then just gone. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. 
but um but anyway so she falls off the boat and doesn't get reported and 10 hours goes by before they uh they are actually not 10 hours before they find this lady but many hours go by and it takes them 10 hours to find her so where was husband when she fell off the boat air quotes um so that was a a lot of people were curious about that of course including the police yeah <laughs> um so apparently they investigated him uh interviewed him and everything even after retrieving her and um they're so not, they got her. Yeah, yeah, they got her. Like I said, it took them 10 hours to find her after she fell off the ship, but they did find her. Um, but Alive. According to her, basically it was just that she got pissed off and was just so mad and so drunk and wasted that she just jumped off the back of the ship because she was tired of him. Because she was tired of him. Yeah. Um, to prove a point. Yeah. You know, they say Spanish women have got an attitude. <laughs> they say that they, they run a little hot-blooded now. But yeah, so I mean, apparently he's a was also just a total dick dickwad and a half. Okay, uh, they got married in like 2014, and he's such a dickwad that she jumped off a boat. Yeah, she she describes him as being a volatile drunk. There's volatile. Our, there's our word again. Yeah, volatile. Twice. See, we we were we somehow figured out how to both get volatile into our notes tonight. <laughs> That's how we are podcast connected, Hayden. Um, but, uh, she said she was lucky to be alive and, uh, she's glad she's alive. She didn't want to die. Um, but, uh, the captain said, was quite pissed off about it. Um, his name was Daniel Punch and he was the, uh, the captain of that Norwegian star. Daniel Punch. Yeah. What he was pissed off. Um, he, <laughs> he said that we all saw them arguing and yelling at each other the whole time. And she, she did not accidentally fall off of my boat. She deliberately jumped off of my boat. Like he was, you know, he was mad about it. Cause you know, like no one you don't falls want the off my boat. You don't want the reputation of you being a captain of a ship and letting some dummy fall off your boat. That's obviously, it's like a surgeon screwing up a surgery. Like you lost people. Yeah. That's negative marks. All right. So the verb used for how she ended up in the water, <laughs> fall, jump, very significant. Exactly. Very significant to that captain's reputation. Yeah. She did not fall. Yeah. No, 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 no. But, uh, no trip, no railing issues. No, nothing. But dude, that's, that was something that went through my brain. Not like in a, she was in crazy a, in a sinister way, but like. Uh, like when you're you know on a cruise like and you're looking out over the water like especially at nighttime like just on your railing you could look up and around see if anybody else was around i mean dude like you could legit fall if if you were doing something stupid because you're drunk and you fell off the side like you could be falling off the side no one know <laughs> yeah like you know what i mean like and those boats move pretty fast you start to realize they're going like 30 something knots so i mean like it only takes a moment and you are long gone. Long gone. <laughs> at night. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's no finding you till at least the morning. Yep. Like, that's what's, uh, I, that, I just had that thought. You know what I mean? Like, I was just, like, looking out over Thanks the water. Thanks for putting that thought in my head now before I go on a cruise. Hey, but, you know, like, all the railings are really high, and they're, like, plexiglass. There's no bars you can squeeze through, nothing like there's that. There's no sliding underneath the bar? No, not even close. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tall bar. Because even though I know that my body won't fit through it, my mind will trick myself and think that I can fall through that. Oh, it's like, it was like just barely below my chest. Like, you know what I mean? Like to the bottom of my sternum height. Like it's a tall railing. 
you know, okay. you're not, you're not going to just stumble and go whoops and no. goofy style fall it's off take the side. Some effort to go over. But I was still just a thought, like just the the noise of it treading through the water is loud when you're actually out there, like the waves and stuff like that. So if like someone were to actually fall in, you probably wouldn't hear it, and like you just wouldn't see that person. Like, <laughs> I was just thinking that, dude. I was like, ugh, like this is kind of creepy in a little bit of a way. Like you know, I mean, like. That's why there's a lot of those murder mystery movies where someone's getting pushed off a cruise ship and then the other person just walks away and gets away with yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's cameras looking at everything everywhere. Maybe Dude, there's a would. million Murder, She Wrote episodes about just this thing. <laughs> <laughs> People getting pushed over the edge on a cruise ship. Ugh. But yeah, man, I was... Uh, By a vixen carrying a glass of wine. Um, but yeah, so that was a crazy... I just thought that was a crazy... Because all I saw originally was the uh, the rescue story of this lady that fell into the ocean. And it was, like, unknown of whether it was intentional or not. And then all of a sudden, here comes the follow-up where they actually get the interviews of this lady. And she's like, yeah, I, uh, I got pissed off and jumped off the boat. That's I'm glad the captain came to the guy's defense. And, and you know, like, not to take too long on this, but that's actually a big debate these days about national parks and rescue. Like, uh, where, like, say you're a dumbass that does something where you're very ill-prepared for something that was dangerous, and you get hurt, and they gotta, like, air rescue you out of there. Like, depending on what state you're in, it's either free, or it's gonna cost you, like, $100,000. Like, and so, like, for example, Colorado, it's free. But they're thinking because so many, too many dumbasses lately have been going out there, like, backpacking without the proper gear, or, you know, deep, deep backcountry, and, like, breaking legs and doing getting hurt you know whatever and having to be pararescued out of there like that costs the taxpayers a shitload of money right for them to just get that at no cost because you're a dumbass and so like you know it's kind of like the same kind of thing like bailing people out when you did something stupid so i don't know i can see that either way everybody have you heard so all new businesses these days uh, that seem to develop longevity are born from the world of disruption. We've talked about disruption type of businesses mm-hmm. before, right? Like so, Movie Pass, yeah, like didn't and work gone. out. And what more ripe for the picking industry to attack than that of preschools mixed with the twenty-five billion dollar annual daycare industry? Love it, love it. There's a new startup called Wonder School that helps currently licensed educators set up for-profit preschool in their own homes. Oh, it's like the it's the Uber of childcare. Yep, but school, not child school. Okay, school. so so we all know we all know how underpaid teachers are as a whole, but preschool teachers often make forty to fifty percent less than other educators. Now, they definitely don't have the same curriculum requirements as high school teachers, but, man, they sure earn their paychecks working with those ages of little kids. Mm -hmm. So Wonder School partners with the principal, quote-unquote, and gives them all the tools necessary to get a school off the ground, including licensing of the school to curricular development to marketing and even for payment processing for what they call tuition. So this Wonder School would just take 10% of their of each student's tuition okay Mm -hmm. they launched two years ago and like most businesses they start in huge cities and have around 140 schools in new york los angeles and san francisco 
and teachers on this platform have reported that their earnings are close to three times as much as what they earned prior at other jobs. Nice. Okay. Get paid. Yeah. Obviously, this would come at a cost, and the quote-unquote tuition would need to reflect the need, would need to reflect, like, the teacher's salary and a lot of other things. Okay, so that's going to go factored into the tuition. But there are plenty of people that nowadays that are willing to pay through the nose for their kids' schooling. Mm-hmm. And equally important to the curriculum is their child's safety while on school grounds. That, these days, has become sometimes more important than whatever they're talking about or whatever they're learning. It's a hot topic right now. How safe is the school, right? Take the small community, the small communities around us right now here in East Tennessee where there are minimal, high-quality, licensed preschools to choose from. And if you don't know someone, like the right person, or get picked from a list, your child doesn't get in. Right. If there were more of these types of options to choose from, where it was a licensed educator working out of their home, which was a licensed school, I mean, I really think something like this could take off anywhere. If it could take off in small-town Tennessee, it could easily take off in New York. I can see why it's a hit in a place like New York City. Think about the struggle of getting your kids to school with traffic or whatever. What if you live 20 miles away from a school like we're in a situation of? Yeah. Like if there was a licensed quality educator within five miles of my house that had a school at their house that taught the same curriculum as the school that my child wanted to go, like was originally going to go to, Mm -hmm. why not? And it was someone that I got along with well personally and had a good relationship with. So I could see this type of thing totally taking off. I like that. I like the idea because it gives the uh, independence to the to the professional. Like they're not necessarily working for a uh, a board of people. You Correct. know, like I said, it's the Uber of teachers is the first thing that came to mind whenever you said that was like the review process is going to be from the parents. I'm sure it's going to be they get their grading scale from the parents. Hell, maybe even from the kids. I mean, they maybe still have to follow the state curriculum. Like, you know, they can't just, like, I mean, skirt those laws. I mean, as how they get their um, grading scale, how they get uh, referrals, and how they get more and more people to want to come to their school. Mm-hmm. And where Wonder School takes it is where they are now going to start to target people that are currently principals and currently superintendents and trying to get those people that know how to build a district and know how to run an entire district to get those people involved with the actual educators so that these people can learn how to build their own school districts from their homes. Mm-hmm. And I'd say for the private school sector, this what's the problem, you know? Yeah, because cost means nothing to them. Yeah. But if the more people you get involved and the more uh, that there are more options there are, the price goes gets driven down. Yeah. Not up. So that's where I think that kind of thing, if it took off, it would be really neat. It's kind of cool. I, I think about my time at UT, and there are, uh, was a, a, there was a couple houses that were high schools that are like no bigger than a mansion, you know. And if you look downtown in the fort, there's an old one. I yeah. don't remember the name of it right away. I don't think it was Tennessee High School. It might have been Tennessee High, but it's like the size of two houses put together. Yeah, it's tiny, and it's started out as a high school. So I, th- I think that that would help us to get to the thing we've talked about many times on this podcast about the sense of community meaning more to us. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a big, big just key and uh catalyst in all of that is if we were going to school 
with our neighbors and then our neighbor was the teacher, you know, and the school was at her house or in an addition to their house or oh, yeah. something like that. It right. could work for rich kids and it could work for rural kids too. Perhaps. But how does that work for public funded education though? You know, that, that's, that's where it gets tough because not every kid can go to private school. Sure. Know? Sure. Yeah, but this is also at the time where preschool isn't free either. Really, there's not a lot of preschools that you can send your child to right now anyway. And this is that that age. And like I, I mentioned, the $25 billion industry that is the daycare industry. So if you're paying to send your kids to daycare, why not pay to send them to a school with a licensed teacher where they can learn things and not just be yeah. babysat? For sure. So pretty neat. But, you know. Obviously, there's more money that needs to be given to public schools, and but whatever it takes for teachers to get paid, man, I will. Teachers need to get paid. This is what I'm saying. Let teachers run their own shit. Let teachers truly be in control of their own demand. And good teachers will get good students to follow them. It's like a good banker taking their good clients with them when they go to a new bank, or mm-hmm. a good salesperson taking their big accounts with them when they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like. The teacher specifically that my daughter got at the school that she's going to, I want to stay away from specifics, I'm very happy she got that teacher. I really wanted her to get that teacher because of the things I've heard about that teacher. Mm-hmm. And if that teacher were to have her own school in her own house, I guarantee she would have a client base to choose from. It yep. wouldn't be a problem right? because of her reputation. So this type of thing were to take off like that, I think it could really benefit the very, very good teachers. Give them the power to be out on their own. Good point. So, anyway. uh, That was a fun episode. It was fun. We were eggs in the butt, (laughs) and then we ended with teachers, you know, having the power to be on their own and demand their own salary. (laughs) How about that? Boom. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, we are a multifaceted show here, (laughs) and we like to appease all audiences. But we have gross them out a little. We have time. our core base that we have to satisfy <laughs> with the Keister stories, okay? And you know it was PVC pipe, maybe. How else? How else are you getting eggs in there? I, don't, I guess yeah, you'd have to go to the hardware store with a with an egg, try to find a proper diameter. Yep, that's how you do it, I guess. Yep, and just shoot them down there. <laughs> that was fun. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 55. Hayden, I can't believe we've done 55 episodes, man. This was a lot of fun. 55. 50. Five. Five. <laughs> thank you for listening, and we're going to for sure, definitely, 100% catch you on the next one.